This Week in Startups is brought to you by Vanta. Compliance and security shouldn't be a deal breaker for startups to win new business. Vanta makes it easy for companies to get a SOC 2 report fast. Twist listeners can get $1,000 off for a limited time at vanta.com slash twist. Masterworks, the first company allowing investors exposure into the blue chip artwork asset class. Twist listeners can skip the 17,000 person waitlist by going to masterworks.io and using promo code TWIST. And our crowd helps you invest early in pre-IPO companies alongside professional VCs. If you're interested in investing, you can join our crowd for free at OurCrowd.com slash twist. Hey everybody, we just hosted our 18th Founder University, and it's our fifth one over Zoom. This is an event where over 250 founders get together and we share with them the greatest advice on how to build your company. As part of this amazing program, Emmy Award-winning producer Jackie Deegan will bring the top founders to me to get candid advice. And this advice is going to be candid. And these companies are going to be very early. These are MVPs, people just starting out. And at each session, I sit there, I hear their pitch, and I have a little dialogue with a friend of mine, like Charles Hudson from Precursor Ventures. So the two of us are going to give feedback to a bunch of great companies, everything from fundraising pipelines to growth metrics and legal hurdles, all that great stuff. If you want to come to the next Founder University for $0.0, Founders Always Free with JCal, I pick up the tab, you get the knowledge, and then maybe, maybe you start a company and you save a slice for JCal. That's what we're looking for here. That's the idea. I give you great information. I teach you everything I've learned. I introduce you to the smartest people in the industry. All I ask is that when you make that great company, you save me a little slice on the cap table. I think it's a fair deal. So we're going to have our next one in August. You can go to founder.university for updates and to apply. We get a lot of people applying and we try to pick people who are doing stuff in the world. In other words, you built your MVP, you, you got your company incorporated and you're kind of getting started. It's not for people with ideas. That's what this podcast is for. You can listen to the podcast and get some ideas, but go build something in the world. Maybe no code, maybe you learn to code, doesn't matter to me. I just want to see you win. So apply to the next Founder University at founder.university and enjoy this episode. I hope you learn a lot. I had a good time doing it. Next up, we have Stephanie Chan. Stephanie, two minutes, three to go. Hi, I'm Stephanie Chan, founder and CEO of MyCareBase. We offer a managed marketplace of pre-screened home care and senior living services. Our vision is a world where all seniors can have their needs met in the way they want, at the time they need, in the home of their choice. The current home care ecosystem is flawed. It's characterized by low pay, yet high agency fees, meaning seniors blow through their budget and move prematurely into a nursing home. We are adding value back into the home care system by making it easier for families to find, hire, and manage these services. So in a nutshell, caregivers can earn a higher wage, seniors save money, and family members can monitor remotely how their parent is doing from wherever they are. As an example, from our marketplace, you would choose one of our current six categories. And for home care, you can search and filter our pre-screened caregivers. And we also help with the matching process. We create a care circle account. And on each shift, the caregiver would log completion of the assigned tasks. In-app messaging means no more fragmented texts and emails. And the family members can see shift summaries and the accrued hours and pay. 
I have 13 years of domain experience in this area. We have an in-house tech dev team. And together with our board of directors and advisors, we have a vast range of expertise and skills that match our current stage of business. Our revenue model is a mix of transactional fees and subscription fees. And we are in early stage at about 4,000 MRR um, for our service fees among 40 clients. We have a three-pronged strategy to support growth across Canada and into the U.S. that involves value-added services and support. We're fundraising 500000 and we are interested in investors who have experience with marketplaces. Um, this money should last us past our anticipated break-even next year. Any interest, please contact me anytime. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Barack? Oxer, you're up next. Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Sure can. All right. Great. Two minutes. Three, two, go. Hi, this is Brock, one of the co-founders of Spikey. Throughout our education lives, we always had suffered from analyzing our strengths and weak points by ourselves. And the reason is educators have limited time to track every student. And this leads to low retention rates and costs millions of dollars to schools and companies. Spikey is an AI-based learner and educator engagement platform. We provide custom-tailored feedback to learners, actionable insights to educators, and increase the retention rate. Our first module, Performance Oracle, forecasts future performance subject by subject. Exam Proctor automatically detects suspicious activities and reduces proctoring hours. Our last module, Sentiment Detector, monitors learner engagement by analyzing emotions, sleep levels, and voice patterns. You can integrate learning systems and video conferencing tools with their APIs into the Spike AI platform. We provide 360 analytics in one platform with proactive and actionable insights. Otherwise, a user would use multiple platforms to achieve something less than we provide in one platform. If we sell to 20 schools in the US, we expect to make 2.9 million by the end of this year. And our target segments are universities, learning platforms, and corporate trainings. Our business model is system as a service or partnerships. We are currently serving to 70,000 learners with our modules. We estimate $300,000 ARR from the customers in our pipeline after we finish our integration development. We help Robert College to understand their students need better and make them more proactive. And in the short term, we will increase our integrations and sales. And in the future, we want to become mixed panel for education. Furkan is an ex-fintech founder with strong business operation background. I have technical management experience in academia and industry. And the market is growing immensely, and we have seen a great, great demand since establishment. We believe we have the right team, and the timing is perfect. So reshape education with us. Thank you. Woo. Under two minutes. All right. Thank you. Rose, you're up next. Two minutes. Great. Three, two, go. Amazing. So my name is Rose Sterling. Um, I'm calling from London, UK. I am the CEO and co-founder of The Pro Box. The ProBox is the first interactive beauty and wellness streaming platform and curated box for beauty consumers worldwide. A high gloss library of specifically curated interactive tutorials and user, sorry, using inter, or innovative multi-view technology never seen before. For just £15 a month, subscribers can gain access to a high gloss library of interactive beauty entertainment, hundreds of interactive multi-view tutorials and exclusive brand focused media. Our users, uh, each month we release a specific curation of beauty boxes and containing full-size products and tools for subscribers to purchase. Prices start from around £60. Our subscribers use the products to engage in real time with groundbreaking interactive content. 
subscribers can safely recycle their beauty empties uh, via our, our, sorry, our recycling partners, TerraCycle. We currently have over 600 brand partners from L'Oreal to Glossier. We have over 10,000 organic pre-signups to the waiting list just for the UK alone. And we have amazing media partnerships with Condé Nast and Hearst with a CAC cost of only £2. We've recently launched our beta uh, version of the website and have over 15,000 visits per month. And we've managed to grow our IG followers to over 2K in just six weeks. Regarding competition, we currently have no direct comp competitors, um, but in terms of beauty streaming, our closest comp competitors would be YouTube and for boxes, potentially Glossybox. Being the first to step into beauty streaming, there is currently no direct competition, as I've said, and we have an amazing um, opportunity here. Um, myself, I have over 20 years in the beauty industry. My co-founder has a self-taught engineer and has built the platform that you see here today. Um, we okay. are launching. Uh, sorry yep. to cut you off. Yep, that was too sorry. Nice. That's okay. okay. <laughs> Good job. All right, great. And Brian, you're fourth. Three to go. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Brian Huff, and I'm the CTO and one of the co-founders of Airblock Technologies, and we turn paper documents into actionable data. Now, I want to introduce you to Jesus, a documentation specialist, and Jeanette, a maintenance executive. At their maintenance company, they don't have an easy way to turn 100 to 500,000 pages of yearly records into actions, and at least the boxes and boxes of Excel spreadsheets and headaches like this. So McKinsey and Iyata have found that the fees, delays, and penalties for cargo goods and services totals more than $6 billion in lost revenue. And for every 90 days a plane is grounded, the industry loses $12.7 million. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So Airblock is a digital supply chain network to fix this and connect the records of not just internally with the company, but also companies on the supply chain and how they work together. So with analytics, you're able to visualize your supply chain in real time drag and drop data extraction to turn your paper records into data right before your eyes, which you'll see right here. And it'll de decompose in like a few seconds. And a fully searchable database of records, allowing you to search, sort, and rank all of your information and all of your records. Also, with virtual document viewing, you can see the paperwork that you've just uploaded to the system. So we just presented Airblock to a panel of NASA chief technologists as part of NASA's iTech program. We also just signed our first pre-seed investor on our term sheet. And we're working with AWS, ATARC, R3, and five companies that we've received letters of intent from to really digitize the supply chain. And there's 30,000 companies in North America that could directly use something like this. And this is why we're targeting Airblock to be a $100 million company in five years' time. We, our team collectively has over 50 years of aviation executive leadership and technical backgrounds as well. And this is why we know we can't do this alone, which is why we're targeting a pre-seed round of $200,000 to take our technology and really digitize supply chains. So Jason, Charles, Launch, and anyone, let's digitize aviation and aerospace together and reduce the headache of Excel spreadsheets. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I thought I would have Christina Cassiopo on This Week in Startups to tell you about Vanta. Vanta, of course, has been sponsoring the pod and had a great reaction. And we're going to talk today just a little bit about what SOC 2 compliance is and why it's so important for SaaS products. Welcome to the pod, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. How long does this typically take? 
And what does it cost? Yeah, so in the uh, you know prior world, if you didn't use software like Vanta, often companies would take about a year on the project to figure out what they needed to do, get everything in order, work with the auditor, get the auditor what they needed to get their report. And they probably spent $20,000 on the low end, kind of can go up to hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how large you are. You figured out a way at Vanta to do this um, quicker, better and cheaper. So what is the secret? And uh, how can people use the product? Yeah, absolutely. So secret is sort of like a lot of things you, you turn you turn a lot of this into software. So you uh, write a standardized set of checks that a company needs to do, you base them on good security principles, and then you just monitor and alert all that those things. So the company gets a dashboard, they always know where they are, they're not, you know, mucking around in spreadsheets. And the auditor gets just really detailed data. So they can be sure that what the company says they're doing is actually happening. All right, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on and telling the audience why you should get your SOC 2, when you should get it, and how you should do it. And you've been very nice to our audience, giving them $1,000 off, uh, which is a really significant and generous offer. Go to vanta.com slash twist, V-A-N-T-A.com slash twist to get $1,000 off your SOC 2. Thanks, Christina. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, well done, all the founders. Wow, I mean, really, great really job. interesting group. Yeah. <laughs> so Amazing, totally different. Charles, what I would think would be helpful this time around, I'm mixing it up a bit here, is to give um, your impression of uh, the, you know the business any question and what you think uh, could have been improved in the pitch itself, right? So we'll just sure. go through all four. This way, we give a little bit of the training on that on yeah. what makes for a great pitch, uh, so yeah. they can learn for the next time. I think for the the first one on, on senior care, um, I would have liked to understand a little bit more about why the current, I had two questions. One, like, why does the current hodgepodge of like getting these service providers to help seniors, like, why, where's the real broken friction piece? And then I just felt like I wanted to understand more about the business model, about the combination of SaaS and transactional. It felt like a lot to bite off for a small company and like why you needed to do both of those things at day one. It's so interesting you say that because I always, when the founders are pitching in this format, load the website in the background real quick. Yeah. And then uh, in between the sessions, I go look at the website, which is yeah. probably what's happening just so uh, founders know when investors are on the Zoom call with you, they're probably looking at your LinkedIn. They might be multitasking. I don't know if Charles does this, but I certainly yeah. do. And um, I too felt like there was a little bit of a boiling the ocean thing here. Is it SaaS? Is it marketplace? Which piece of the marketplace actually does the most revenue um, and, and the biggest profits. So go ahead um, and put that, uh, the founder of my care base, go ahead and put that in the, um, the chat room here on um, uh, Zoom and tell us, you know, what is the, the main focus of the business? Which part is the most profitable? Uh, okay, for the second one, um, which was uh, spiky.ai, I was yeah. wondering whom it's, I think it's, fairly obvious from the presentation, and this is always important in presentations, is the product live or is the product in development or is it in beta? And be very clear about that so that we can assess what the, the reality is here. Um, and I, my take was it's not live yet. You're talking to people and you're going to be finishing it soon because you said something about finishing it. So my first question was, who's the buyer here? And do you have um, an idea of what you're going to charge them, right? Because we are in business, and we we like to know those things. Charles, what were your impressions there? I had the I had a very similar thought. I I'm an investor in one of the companies that was on the on the slide top hat, and I know quite a bit about that side of the market. My big question was when I saw 
20 customers and 2.9 million in revenue, I was like, wow, that's, that feels big and lumpy. I need to know more about like, how do you get to 150K in revenue per customer? Like who are, who's paying that? Is it per student? I wanted to know more about whether that was a sort of, well, and to Jason's point, if it's live and people are already paying that, it's an easy short or is it pi- Or is it pipeline, right? Like it's- Is it pipeline? It was, is it projected? Is it sort of based yeah. on extrapolating list pricing? I didn't know how to connect yeah. the dots there. Yeah, and assess that. Like this is your job as the founder to be super crisp. Be, please be super crisp when you talk to investors. We have seven beta uh, customers. None of them are paying. Just own it. We have seven people beta testing for free. We have one person paying. Just give us reality because- Charles and I, we like to invest in early stage companies. That's the opportunity. Uh, so we don't mind if it's uh, just getting started. I just own it. Uh, the prop box is that? Did I get the, oh, the pro box. Pro right? box. Sorry. Yeah. Pro box. Yes. What did you think there? Um, I think this is one of those cases where like there's probably no direct competitive um, threat, but there's a lot of adjacencies. And I think most of the adjacent putting aside the the box piece. Like my big question was. One, like on the education piece, a lot of this does happen on Instagram Live and on YouTube. And I think that's like a, a channel. And then for the box, I was like, how how much testing has been done on pricing for the box? And I would love to know sort of your expectations. Is it a box model where I have to take take every box? Can I skip one? I wanted to know more about like the mechanics of that because it seemed like that was critical to the monetization. But I, I definitely think it's good to at least acknowledge the adjacent competition. Jason, I think I muted you by accident just no so I was trying to I'm, mute somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jackie's wish is to be able to mute me. <laughs> She's got a, a special remote control. She can just boop. Um, you know, I, I felt like you were pursuing two business models here. The box business is an established one. VCs happen to not like it. Content is another business. And, and when it's advertising, VCs tend to not like it as well because of the scale issues and advertising spiky. But there is a new thing that we have become obsessed with at launch our investment firm because of Calm. We had such great success in people paying for meditation that was freely available on YouTube, but it was done better and more consistently and refreshed constantly with some nice gamification. Then we saw it with Steezy. Then we saw it with Tonebase. Then we saw it with Musician. Then we saw it with Fitbod. And we just kept placing bets in, bets in the space. When you um, charge people for content and you elevate that content to a very high level, um, you can have a high enough um, uh, lifetime value, let's say 200 a year, 500, 300, something in that range. Uh, you can actually start to uh, spend money and have a CAC under that number and really start to build a footprint. I thought immediately, forget about the product business because it's so painful and hard and just make world-class content, put it in an app and let people subscribe to it in the app store. And yeah, sure, you could let people buy stuff on your website, have a marketplace, but pick one or the other. And this is one of those things that founders do in the early stages. They think, well, if I have two or three revenue streams, that'll be more impressive, right, Charles? And we have seen companies try to boil the ocean into three things at once, two things at once, seven things at once, and none of them ever get to scale. And you need different team members for a subscription versus advertising versus software business. So don't get yourself caught in that trap. More, less is more in the, uh, and focus is so critical. Charles, am, am I, am I, uh, am I? Uh, I agree. And I, I, <laughs> you know, Jason combined, we probably have invested in thousands of companies. And the number yeah. one thing I end up talking to people is like, how could we do fewer things, but do them faster and better? And it's just a 100. very common, very oh, common thing to do in early stage. 
Uh, well, I mean, and then I don't know if you have this happen, Charles, but sometimes people get to 10 million in revenue and then they decide they're going to stop being focused. And I'm like, <laughs> you found $10 million worth of diamonds in this mine and you stopped digging. Keep going. Keep going. Let's see if there's 50 million. <laughs> Okay, last one. Give me your feedback, Charles. You're awesome at this. God, we have such good rhythm um, when we do this. The thing I liked about uh, the thing I thought that the Airblock deck did really well was it was really grounded in the beginning and like the problem. And I really like when I understand the problem in the first mm. one or two slides. It helps yes. my brain get like focused on the solution. Um, I, I am not a global logistics expert, but I feel like I know exactly what I'd want to dig in with on this company, which is really like how big is this problem around digitization and like what does it mean to make this data available to your partners in sort of an appropriate, I'd want to just know more about like how the product works, but I thought um, it was a really good articulation of like the problem space and why the solution works. And my advice to people is always don't spend too much time building to the solution. Like investors have short attention spans. The sooner you can get the solution out there, the quicker and easier it is for us to start jamming with you on all the other decisions you've made around the product. And uh, I think it's just such, such, such great advice there. <laughs> Um, and I think the reason you did so well um, with um, Airblock is because you had a very specific, memorable example. Examples matter. Examples matter. Examples matter. When you give a great example, we as the investors and the audience and customers don't need to figure things out because you've shown us. You're not telling us how it works. You're showing us somebody using it works. So we're like, oh, an airline has a lot of paper. Okay, that makes total sense. Uh, the one thing in the presentation I didn't like was you did a lot of high-fiving around metrics I know are kind of weak. When I see Founders Institute, which we know you pay to go to, which is fine, um, or you got an AWS partnership, which means you got credits, or you won 30 under 30 or a pitch competition, all of that stuff is not important. And what it does is it kind of puts you in the um, a bucket of, uh, in some investors' mind, and I'm just taking the most cynical interpretation. So this isn't specific to you. This is just in general. Oh, the founder is not focused on the right things. They, they care about Forbes under 40. They care about winning a pitch competition. What, what we want is customers, delighted customers, sick, beautifully crafted products. That's where the magic is. Your product is the magic, not these you know, superficial accolades, the, 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 the high-fiving. Product, customer, product, customer. Oh, team member. Good. When we have product, customer, team member, revenue, these are the things that get investors excited. When we see Founders Institute and 30 under 30, we think, ah. So um, really, really enjoying these companies. Um, I am having a hard time with this one. I really have a hard time with education. I much prefer selling directly to a customer than educators because it's so slow. So I'm going to go first and give my number two to the marketplace, my care base, because I love a good marketplace. And I know it's a little distracted, but I think getting focused and having a marketplace for elder care, demographics, everybody's getting older. Who's your number two, Charles? Probox, actually. Ah, why? Um, mostly because I think um, of what you said, uh, it's, it's a case where I think Focusing on the thing that's unique and hard to do, which is the high quality digital content, hmm. is a really interesting opportunity in a way I think the box isn't. And I would like to think that with a few more conversations, hopefully we could come to agreement on that. Just in terms, of, I think the upside of getting it right um, for ProBox just struck me as it's, it's just a really big category. So just to keep 
the flow here, I love the Pro Box. Uh, was my number one. Yeah. If it was a subscription content business yeah. and you didn't have to put anything in a goddamn box and ship it in returns and nonsense. <laughs> Fuck all that bullshit. Just sell people great content. Focus on one thing and you will have 10,000 subscribers giving you $10 a month and you'll have $1.2 million in revenue and it will cost you $500,000 to make the content and you'll be able to overpay YouTubers who are making shit money on YouTube and you'll be able to pay them 500 a video or 1,000 a video, make 500 videos and boom, it'll be a money printing business. Yep. That's just my opinion. I don't want to tell you what to do. Charles, I, I'm, I'm literally, I want I picked, to I picked, And I picked AirBlock as my number one, just because to me, it had the clearest path to becoming a like an industry standard piece of technology that that everybody, we, you didn't talk as much about. I think sort of the network effects you get from a product like this, once most people in the industry are on it, and it becomes the de facto way that you share this information, then it could be like, really, and global aviation is huge. Awesome. Great job to these four. <laughs> All right, we all know monetary measures by governments all over the globe are inflating asset prices. We see that everywhere. So some sophisticated investors are piling into asset-backed investments like art to hedge against future inflation. And that's where masterworks.io comes in. Masterworks.io lets you invest in multi-million dollar paintings by artists like Banksy and Basquiat. And not only does art hedge against the markets, it can also outperform them. According to Citigroup, contemporary art returned 13.6% per year over the last 25 years compared to 9% for the S&P 500. The problem was that most investment grade paintings cost upwards of $1 million. It makes this asset class reserved for the top 1% of society but no longer masterworks.io is making art investing accessible to everyone regardless of accreditation and they now have over 130,000 investors on the platform the best part you don't need to know anything about art nope their experts will create a custom portfolio to meet your investment needs twist listeners can skip the 17,000 person waitlist by going to masterworks.io and using the promo code twist T-W-I-S-T. Again, masterworks.io, promo code TWIST. Also, see important information at masterworks.io slash disclaimer so that you're fully informed about this opportunity. All right, let's have uh, Sam go first. Sam, here you go. Hi, I'm Sam from Sync. And over the past three years, we've been building a set of workforce management tools for construction businesses, focusing on simplicity and ease of use. As we've grown, we've come to realize that the true problem we're solving is more than just workforce management, it's communication. Or more precisely, a lack of effective communication within teams and the building trades today. There is no real Slack competitor that ticks all the boxes for our type of user. And with more than 1.5 million businesses in our target market, we see this as a huge opportunity. Big John, he runs a remodeling company and since COVID has been working more and more from home. Today, he needs to run payroll, and at a glance, you can see his team's hours, how long they were working on each job, as well as cost codes, and his staff locations, and task management. But because he's, at, it's because he's not at the job all the time, what he really needs is communication as to what happened on site in his absence. Besides the pay period summaries, 
um, that we generate, we automatically generate a daily job report, which becomes the single source of truth for what happened that day, right down to any injuries. Any tasks that he wants completed are quickly added to the job. And when he needs to communicate directly with his team, this is all handled inside of Sync. And the beautiful thing is there is no additional hardware required. Everyone manages everything from their own device. We're a freemium business with 1,200 companies on our paid subscriptions. We're currently working on a hosted invoicing system to monetize the other 3,500 businesses on the free version. And since the start of the pandemic, we've grown our MRR by more than 300% to 42,000 a month. We're a pretty engineering heavy team. Um, we all work on the project full time and are currently raising $1.2 million to assist us in our go-to-market and product development efforts. Thank you for your consideration. Okay, well done, Sam. Talisha, you are up next. All right, Talisha, you ready? Three, two, go. I'm ready. Hi, my name is Talisha White, founder of Fetch, a visual search discovery engine. Did you know that about 84% of clothing ends up in landfills like this one? It can be frustrating trying to find the perfect dress for date night or those cute boots that you saw on Instagram. So you settle for close enough, knowing that you could just return the item, which you end up doing, and they end up here. Then everyone loses. You don't get the item you wanted. Retailers and manufacturers lose billions of dollars and billions of tons of waste end up in our landfill. We're trying to change that. Now I simply upload a photo of the item or inspiration, and I can filter the results based on my unique taste and individual style. Retailers can now better serve you by utilizing our smart inventory software, along with deep product tagging and advanced recommendations, so that I can always find exactly what I'm looking for. Over the next 18 months, we plan to release our beta to serve specifically the formal wear and bridal industries and scale our users and customers, then rinse and repeat to other fashion and consumer retail markets. Although there are about 20 startups focused on visual search, along with giants, Amazon, and Google, the real competition is people's comfortability with the flawed system of being sold to, free returns, and relying on a combination of poor search functionality, social networks, and just pure luck to find items. By focusing on the relationships between each stage of the product's life cycle, you are able to cut down waste while increasing revenues for retailers and manufacturers. Currently, we have about a thousand person waitlist. We gained through a versatile conference we produced last year, and we plan to launch our beta at our second conference at the end of the month. I'm a self-taught software engineer with a decades experience in formalware and a great system support system behind me. Thank you. Okay, Talisa, well done. All right, next up is Paolo. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Paolo. I'm the founder and CEO of Arena. We are a real-time chat platform for the internet. We increase engagement, conversion, and monetization for SMEBs and large enterprises. Uh, so think of Discord for every single website and mobile app. Uh, on top of that, we leverage customer data so we can personalize uh, experiences. So let's take a look at some examples here. So we have uh, Harvest, uh, one, of, uh, one of the largest broadcasters here in the U.S., uh, doing a, a live event, and we have a chat post uh, placed on the right side that increases engagement of the users. They can engage in Q and A, polls, and also they can even request for uh, you know donation, for example. Uh, here's uh, digital events. Virtual events has been a big thing for us for the last couple of months. Uh, we've been working with large customers, helping them to create channels, direct messages, and that relationship with with the end user. Um, the same thing with SMEBs. So every single 
conference or a publisher, they can deploy in one minute. So that's the easy part of having a deployable product. And here's the, the deal that we closed last week, the second largest broadcaster um, creating an experience for the live event that is happening at the same time. In the right side, you can see the widget be placed as the event happens. So we have a live chat experience, which is the real-time engagement, and we have the CDP, a customer data platform. Um, and we are in a very unique position because we are a product-led growth strategy with no-code approach. Uh, we have also a flywheel growth engine because we go from SMEBs, increasing the market share, to enterprise, which help us to pay the bills. And uh, business model is enterprise. Uh, we have enterprise paying us from 2000 a month to 20000 a month in SMEBs. Our model is freemium, so it's easy to adopt, get to the product managers and marketing managers until we get to the C-level. And here an example of what happened pre-COVID and post-COVID. Uh, we are very good in land expand strategy, and today we have seven, uh, 17,000 accounts using from freemium to enterprise oh, level. Okay, sorry, Paolo. That's and that's it. And All right. that's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank well you, done. guys. Okay, uh, now let's take Angus. You there? I'm going to skip over you if you're not here, I guess. Uh, no, thank you. I'm here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Just, uh, just celebrating because it is now 5 a.m. here. <laughs> That's the commitment I'm looking for <laughs> to, to my staff who didn't stay up till 5 a.m. last night. This is the commitment we're looking for. I'm All right. Uh, I'm All right, Angus. <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Here you go. All right. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Angus, CEO of AgTree, where we use satellite and climate data to analyze risk and performance in agricultural lending and trade. Now, how do we do this? Let's imagine that I'm a senior credit executive at a big agribank, and I need to review a loan from one of our farming clients where I usually have limited data to make decisions from. With Agtree, I have vastly more information. Zooming into the property of interest, I can see 20 years of production history, and this is really important as I can verify data supplied by the farmer while also having a strong foundation to evaluate multi-million dollar loans. Additionally, Agtree provides me with benchmarks, allowing me to compare this farm with similar ones across the local region, state, or country, view the ESG scores and the revenue potentials. And lastly, I can see the longer-term climate risks with easy-to-read metrics. To make money, we sign multi, uh, single or multi-year enterprise DAS or SaaS contracts with our average pricing for DAS currently at 20000 per seat. We've just won an exclusive contract at 170K for two years to supply a global grain trading company. And since launch last December, we've grown our revenue by 60% month on month, now with 10K per month locked in for the next two years. Additionally, we're uniquely positioned to capture the market in enterprise crop analytics here in Australia and are already taking the first steps to bring our services into other territories globally. Uh, myself and my co-founder, Matthew, have worked together for over five years, designing and building the future using satellite data. And we have a world-class set of investors from the industry with experience in building billion-dollar businesses. And in under a year, we've become a market leader in our region and are poised to establish footholds across many the many sectors of agriculture. And most importantly, AgTree establishes, uh, enables the analysis of land production anywhere on Earth. Not only do we enhance established markets, but we enable finance and investments into underserved and developing regions. So if you want to help the, fund the future of our food, we'd love to work with you. Thank you. Okay, well done. Wow, everyone just did so well today. Okay, that's what that's our four. 
right now, you can join our crowd's investment in Launchpad. Launchpad does AI-powered autonomous manufacturing, incorporating 3D printing to efficiently combine multiple materials into a complex product. It's revolutionary. Launchpad is backed by Idealab, the startup incubator, co-founded by famed VC Bill Gross, which has launched over 150 companies, ranging from robotics to clean tech. And I know Bill Gross, great guy. He's been on the show many times. You can get in early on Launchpad and other unique opportunities at rcrowd.com slash twist. That's rcrowd.com slash twist. I recently wet my beak and placed a small bet on Cyabra, a company that uses AI to uncover disinformation and expose fake news on social media. Speaking of wetting your beak, did you know that our crowd investors were able to get in on some of the best IPOs of 2019 and 2020? They benefited from companies IPOing like Beyond Meat and Lemonade, and some of our crowd's companies have been acquired by buyers like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, Oracle, and Uber. With our crowd, accredited investors can invest directly and easily in startups early before they IPO or get bought. The investment professionals at Crowd have already invested hundreds of millions of dollars in over 200 companies with dozens of exits. So again, the Crowd account is free. Just go to O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com slash twist. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. Okay, Charles, for this uh, quartet, as it were, okay. let, let's uh, talk about the inequality questions you might have around business models, profit margin, and this concept of unit economics. Yeah. So I'm throwing you a little curveball here, but I'm trying to make yeah. each segment maybe focus on something a little different yeah. this time because I'm high energy right now in Miami um, at the Cafe Cubanos and I'm just <laughs> lit right now on Cafe Cubanos. What, walk through for, for, for the benefit of the 284 founders here. What the, you thought of the business models themselves and why that matters yeah. when you, we make decisions? I think because um, I'm always trying to reverse engineer how does this company become big? Mm-hmm. And in most cases, the business model is sort of the big input um, into figuring out. Because if you just give me a really large market, then I have to figure out, well, how much this is addressable. If you tell me, hey, we charge uh, our customers a million bucks a year. I'm like, okay, so if you've got 100 customers at a million bucks a year, $100 million business. Got it. And it's it's just so much easy or for me if I start with... The other reason the business model is important is because I'm always looking for a business model and a product strategy that are closely linked and that sort of fit together. And for me, it's a way to make sure I actually understand how you're attacking this problem. And not every great business model works at small scale. There's some that work much better when you have more people on the platform or more users and usage, but it kind of helps me guide where you're going. And without a conversation about the business model, it's really hard for me to understand where a company is going to spend their time. So such a great explanation. So uh, let's just go straight from the from the yeah. top to the bottom and talk about those business models. And we'll just have a little, uh, you know, little volley here back and forth on yeah. each one. The first company uh, that we saw was the sync business, SaaS business, I believe, mm-hmm. for managing remote workforces, i.e. construction people on a site. My big First question was, yeah. I, I had two questions. One, like, I think of this historically as an industry that doesn't have a lot of digital tech involved. And I was like, well, how do you get all of the data yep. that was in those beautiful dashboards? Like, is it manually entered? Is it automatically grabbed? Like, where does that data all come from? Great. So put that and in the then, chat room and Zoom. Please. Yeah. yeah. And then That's second, for me, the big question was, what's the, and this is kind of the other side of the business model. What's the process look like for selling to these folks? 
Like, how do you how do you find the customer? How long does it take to close them? Do they stick around? Is it project? Do they pay by the project? Do they pay annual subscription? I would have wanted to know a little bit more about this sort of the buyer behavior. So this is just such a, a critical lesson for everybody. If you are working in an industry that, let's say, is resistant to technology or a laggard, we're just going to immediately think, how do you get them to, to uh, embrace this? Now, for restaurants, everybody struggled for decades to get restaurants to put in a point of sale system and open table and delivery services. Of course, the pandemic made a massive forcing function, and now everybody has digital ordering. But for a decade before, sales forces just crushed restaurants, and they, and they got the, the straight arm every time. We don't have time for this. We don't want to give you money. And then now 100% adoption, because if not, you die. But that is the acute problem with some of these businesses. So also, your website's really ugly. So <laughs> spend $5,000 refreshing it. I look at the website, and man, if it's ugly, I tell you, because you know what? I'm your friend for life. If you got that spinach in your teeth, I'm the guy who pulls you aside and said, big hunk of spinach in your teeth. Just how I was raised. If somebody got bad breath, they're a friend of mine, I tell them. So just make that website just stunningly gorgeous. It's a five out of 10 right now. It should be minimum 8.5 out of 10. If you, because people judge books by their cover. Um, but I, I was fascinated by the business. Um, okay. Fetch um, was an interesting presentation because you started mm -hmm. with this problem um, for this visual search engine for formal dresses. But I didn't feel the connection. I don't know if you had this uh, cognitive dissonance, Charles, which was, are we, which problem are we solving? Landfills? So we're recycling or something? So that was like the setup got me going down one path. And then it was like, oh, it's a search engine for dresses. So is it for me to find the perfect dress? And so, and, and anytime I hear the do-gooder stuff, something in my mind goes off that says, not a business, it's a nonprofit or it's a low profit. I'm just being honest here. Be very careful when you put that do-gooder stuff in or shave the planet stuff, because most VCs, again, will not tell you the truth. I'm your bestie forever. I always tell you the truth. When you lead with saving the world and the planet, a lot of VCs minds, because they get that's not how they exist in the world. They exist from profits and exits. They just go, well, why did I take this meeting? Be careful with that. Now, if it was some incredible technology that was highly profitable, that renewed, that closed and let you use it again, and okay, great. But there was a little dissonance there for me as to what exactly are we trying to accomplish here? What did you think, Charles? I think um, I agree with that. Um, I, I thought it was going to go more of the, like, we're going to reduce the waste in the fashion industry, which I've actually met a couple of companies that have Mm -hmm. At least we're trying to crack the code on that as like as a both as a business and like a positive. The thing that I was struck by was you sort of you set me up for something that I didn't get. Like you're like, and I know visual search is really crowded. And I was like, good. I agree with you. It is. And I'm thinking Pinterest and all these other companies that are broadly in visual search and discovery. And then I was waiting for the punchline. Like, and here's why Fetch is uniquely positioned to succeed, even in the world. And I just I really wanted that punchline to land. And it it just I didn't, didn't have anything. It yeah. didn't land. And if, I think if someone had asked me tomorrow, what do you think of Fetch? I'd say Talisha was unbelievably energetic, high energy, good presentation, clear. Here's what she's doing. And if someone said like, well, how's it different from Pinterest or something like that? I'd say, ah, oh, you know, I, I have to get back to you on that. And I think yeah. as an investor, you always want to be able to answer the sort of obvious question 
that someone's going to ask about your business if you have to explain it to someone else. Or, you know, Jason and I try to get our friends to invest in the same companies we get excited about too. And, and you want to say it like, in one sentence, right? We want to be able sentence. to tell each other like, hey, this is Airbnb, but for locations, for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, filming movies. Or if this would be, yeah. it's Pinterest, but just for dresses. And they've got affiliate relationships where they make $15 every time a dress sells and they buy used dresses and yep. resell them. So they've got like, you know, new and used. And man, the time to finding the perfect dress goes from days to minutes, like yep. boom. And I think that's kind of the business. So this is just a, you have this bundle of energy and a founder. We just need to make it into a laser, not a grenade. Um, yep. But it was, it, we could fix it real quick. Okay, next one was... Arena.im, I believe it's the arena.im. What was your initial thoughts there? Um, I think sometimes when you have traction, you should just pull it way earlier in the deck. Because in the beginning, (laughs) I was just like, all right, this is cool. No code. I buy it. Chat's a big deal. Discord. Yep. Yep. And I was like, I don't know. Is anyone going to pay for this and use it? And then I saw 17,000 accounts. I was like, oh, had I known that at the beginning of the presentation, I would have asked really different questions. And going back to investor brain, when you see a company that has a bunch of users and usage, your brain treats that company differently because mm-hmm. you don't, you can no longer say, well, well, why would anyone use this? Or well, you're just like, oh, I'm starting from the point that there's almost 20,000 people who've installed and used this. Rather than asking why would they, it's more important to say like, why have they? And it's just, it just takes you down a really different path. So I'd encourage you if you have a lot of users or usage, pull that forward. It just gives you as a founder way more credibility earlier in the story. And it allows you to save me in the back of my mind, wondering like, where is this company? And it's the, I think Jason mentioned this earlier. Is this thing launched? Is it live? Is he really working with anybody real? I saw that number. I was like, oh, I totally didn't get the scale of this until like right now. Yeah. And the way I like to explain it in the accelerator is like, when there's a movie and it's like an action film, they start with like a really exciting scene. So if you guys have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, spoiler alert, like a boulder chases Harrison Ford and it, you know, he's got to get the golden idol. I mean, it starts with a bang. And every Star Wars movie, they do the crawl and then it lowers and you see a space battle. Like almost every, there's only one or two that don't do that. And so they just start and they pull you right into an action sequence. And then all of a sudden you start building up the characters. So it's a classic screenplay device. The way you should think about it as a founder, what is strongest about my company? In one case, that might be the traction. Okay, let's put the growth chart up. We are, we are a chat SaaS platform with 17,000 paying customers. And this is how it's grown quarter over quarter in seven quarters. Let me show you how it works. Now, if you don't have that, but you do have a kick-ass product, you start with the demo. Here's how chat works. It really sucks. He, uh, because you have to pay your developers $15,000 and it takes them six weeks to put chat on. Now, watch this little demo. You put one line of code, you sign up, you authenticate with your Google account, and now you have chat on your server. That was just done in under seven minutes and we did it for $7, not $17,000. Boom. Products are strongest, start with product. Performance is strongest, start with performance. Okay. Uh, let's do one more here at the end was Ag Terry, Terry. Actuary. actuary. I think actuary? it's like actuary. It's like a plan actuary. actuary, actuary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you think here um, about the product and the business model? I, I've done a fair amount of ag tech investing. So this actually really resonated with me. 
great. The only thing that was the only thing that was missing for me was sort of I I would have struggled to explain the TAM to somebody else. Mm. Um, if someone had said, "Well, how big can this get?" I would have said, "Well, agriculture is big." But that doesn't answer the question around how big is the opportunity specifically for agtuary. So I do feel like in terms of like bottoms up, I think this was one of the better bottoms up presentations of a business model. This is how it works. This is how we charge people. This is what we've done to date. And I think the only thing that was missing for me was the overlay. And this is how, as we go global with the global ag business, this is how big agtuary could be. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. Didn't get the pricing, didn't get the profit margin. So I was kind of, you know, left a little high and dry there trying to figure out if this is a money printing machine. Plus my friend and bestie, David Friedberg, created climate.com, which did something similar. So I was like, oh yeah, there's something here. I know there's something here. All right. So it was, a, it was a, but it was a great presentation. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick uh, a number two and a number one, give me your number two. Um, I think I would actually pick Agtory as my number two. I, I've been doing a bunch of investing in ag tech. Mm. It's dramatically underpenetrated by, te- by digital solutions. And there's a mm. lot of money in that category. And I think mm. the problem Fantastic. he outlined is one I haven't seen addressed really that well. Did, did the purchasers adopt products faster than, say, education or construction? Yeah. They're yeah. not consumer, but they're faster. The ones at least that we've worked on are not consumer, Good. but you know, Farmer Business Network and a couple others that I've been close. Like, it's a very insidery business, and once you get the flywheel going, it does take away a lot of the friction. That's great. Yeah. So mine was ag territory as well, um, because I know that I just happen to have some DNA there, and I know it. And then my number one was Arena uh, because I just love a good SaaS business predictable revenue. You start next month with either 90% of last month's revenue or 110, depending on if your product churns a lot and it needs to be fixed, or if your product is so good that it lands and expands virally and you get, what do they call that? Net uh, churn? Net revenue retention. Net revenue retention. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Net negative churn. So uh, which one was your number one, Charles? Same, actually, okay. for basically the, the same reason. It was at, easy bet. I just think that <laughs> easy bet and like chats going everywhere. People want it and you you can't afford to spend a ton of money to get it, especially for short cycle things like for a sporting event or a, for something that's like very time sensitive. You, you you need something that goes that can go right away. So I can see how this gets in at 2K and grows to 20K like he's short on that slide. Okay, so now comes the hard part. I want you to pick your top two. So this is not easy to do. And for me... I am struggling between Probox and Arena.im. What, what what came up to the top of your list? So those those two ended up being my top two also. Holy cow. And I think yeah. the reason is they're obviously like very, very um they're easier bets, right? It's, yeah. And they seem very focused too, right? I mean, of, of all the pitches, it was like, okay, this is simple. Elegant and simple means scale. Complex, multiple business models means maybe the founder's got to take a year and blow through a million or $2 million to finally get focused. Damn, simple, elegant, do one thing, do it over and over again, and make a money printing machine is the lesson here. I'm, so which one was one and which one was two? Oh, okay. Uh, I did, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Okay. I'm going to go with the box uh, one for my, uh, the pro box for me, only because I have so much success. With Calm and Steezy, or we have so much success with that. And I go ag number two. I'm sorry, I'm going to go with uh, the IM second. 
I I'll had to pick them. a third. It would have been ag. Yeah, you flip them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll flip those two. I, I I would go with the arena first. I think it's um, there's a lot of room to run with that business, and and Provox would be my number two. All right, there you have it, folks. All right, thank you, Jackie.